गुड इवनिंग एंड वेलकम टू गना शॉर्ट वंस अगेन गना शॉर्ट में आप सबका स्वागत है वनकम सत्याल और प्रणाम आज हम बात करने वाले हैं इंडिया चाइना कॉन्फ्लिक्स और इसके परिणाम और लेसन्स फ्रॉम 1962 to 1962 uh the military history campaign is 1962 so he said uh, why don't you analyze what happened in 1962 and what happened in 2020 and see what lessons what are the major factors which come in i won't call it lessons kiko mote mote issues kya the to nikalaye i said yeah it's a good thing let me try and it was like comparing apples and oranges 62-2-20 हो गया और जैसे जैसे मैं थोड़ा पढ़ता गया सोचता गया क्योंकि पढ़ने के लिए कुछ है ही नहीं खास सोचता गया तो आई हैड टू स्प्लिट दिस इनटू टू पार्ट्स टुडे विल कवर द जियोपॉलिटिकल एंड द पॉलिटिक्स ऑफ द होल स्टोरी टुमारो विल डू द मिलिट्री पार्ट राइट और ये मेरे को ये भी पता है कि बहुत लोग जो डिफेंस सर्विस के ऑफिसर्स हैं वो अपना सवाल पूछना चाहते होंगे डेफिनेटली आई टेक टाइम इवन इफ इट टेक्स अ लॉन्ग टाइम आई गो थ्रू ऑल योर क्वेश्चंस एंड आंसर्स सो दैट आई थिंक द क्वेश्चन आंसर्स शुड गिव मोर वैल्यू टू व्हाट वी डू राइट ओनली थिंग इज इफ यू आर एन आर्मी ऑफिसर जस्ट पुट अ स्टार और समथिंग एंड दैट यू आर फ्रॉम द आर्मी देन टाइप इन योर क्वेश्चन okay <clears throat> okay but before i dive into this subject i want to tell you something else which i have done uh, you know for the armed forces officers i have put out 20 videos on military technologies of the century and these videos cover cyber security ai space technologies which is in four videos uh networks defense innovation battlefield energy civil military fusion whole lot of subjects i've done it with uh, general rajiv narayan general satish dua xyz and all that and these subjects will give you a good insight into the latest issues on science and military technology i would request all of you to subscribe to this channel and put it out and read go through these they are all about you know if you leave the question answers out about 40 minutes per uh, episode and uh, you can you know you'll get a good idea of uh, science and technology 
besides what is given in the official uh, you know reading material for the staff college preparatory exams right and these days you will be asked questions on ai you will be asked questions on space and things like that it's common sense and it's good and these videos are very good not only for you guys as you go along in service but also for very senior officers uh, like me who didn't know much when we got into this business of procurement and science and technology okay with this let me dive into the subject you know all of us read all of us see military history 62 2020 from this border and that's the worst thing you can do to understand what happened in 62 and what happened in 2020 and to understand why china did whatever it did okay you have to go into its depth you have to understand why tibet is important to china agar ye humme samajh mein nahi aata to baaki sab kuch rad hai right तीन कारण है और तीन मुख्य विषय है और कारण है जिसकी वजह से टिब्बेट को कभी चाइना छोड़ेगा नहीं पहले वाटर सिक्योरिटी दूसरा सिक्योरिटी ऑफ जिंजियांग एंड ईस्ट तर्किस्तान और उसके पूरे जो ग्लोबल आइडियाज हैं वो टिब्बेट के कंट्रोल के ऊपर निर्भर है और एज एन एजेंट उसका जो परिणाम जो बोलते हैं हम इन दो चीज के परिणाम यह है कि जो दलाई लामा है तिब्बत का वो तिब्बत के लिए पॉलिटिकल कंट्रोल देता है आज के दिन दलाई लामा इंडिया में है इनफैक्ट फ्रॉम 59 तो चाइना फील्स लॉस ऑफ पॉलिटिकल कंट्रोल ओवर तिब्बत सिंस दलाई लामा इज हियर one of the major reasons why china adopts a aggressive tone towards us you'll understand this as i go along a little why it cannot have tibet in any kind of a problem okay first and foremost have a look at this map a very interesting map uh tibet is called the water tower of the world or water tower of asia and the two major rivers of uh, china huangi which is to the north and the yangtze flow out of tibet the other major rivers mekong salween irrawaddy brahmaputra right that is sangpo ganges satluj and the indus all flow out from tibet control of tibet gives water security to china and it also gives control over asia to china so the tibetan plateau is very important that was in 1962 right it recognized this problem then but today on the sangpo right china has con constructed a lot of dams bahut band bana liya aur iske bare mein maine ek video nikala dams on brahmaputra karke 
एक महीने पहले मैं उसको एडिट करके कल या परसों में आउट करूंगा दोबारा ताकि आप दोबारा देख सकते हो जितने डैम है साइंपो के ऊपर दे इंक्रीज द इम्पोर्टेंस ऑफ अरुणाचल टू टिबेट और इंक्रीज द इम्पोर्टेंस ऑफ अरुणाचल टू चाइना नॉट टिबेट और ये जो लाल में दिखाया है एट द टॉप वेर द ब्रह्मपुत्र एंड्स एंटर्स इंडिया दैट इज ऑन द ग्रेट बेंड जस्ट बिफोर केपांगला ऑन द अदर साइड इज द न्यू डैम विच इज कमिंग अप और ये डैम बहुत नजदीक है 30-40 किलोमीटर दूर है एलएसी से तो इसकी वजह से वो कभी भी अरुणाचल को नहीं छोड़ेगा या उसका क्लेम अरुणाचल के ऊपर नहीं छोड़ेगा बट एक तरीका ये है दूसरा तरीका ये है कि ये जो डैम इज वलरेबल टू इंडियन एक्शन सब बोलते हैं कि ये डैम है ए एक्स वाई जेड बट इट इज वलरेबल टू इंडियन एक्शन कीप इट इन योर माइंड एंड इट इज फ्रॉम दिस ग्रेट बैंड वो पानी लेके जा रहे हैं इन टू दंगजी बेसिन तो दिस इज क्रिटिकलिटी टू चाइना विच इज डेवलपिंग ओके हैविंग सेट दिस दिक्स दलाई लामा राइट ही वॉज बॉर्न नियर तवांग इसीलिए वो मानते हैं तवांग इज पार्ट ऑफ टिबेट क्यों द दलाई लामा वॉज द टेम्पोरल हेड ऑफ टिबेट एंड इफ द दलाई लामा इज फ्रॉम तवांग तवांग इज पार्ट ऑफ टिबेट इसीलिए वो दे क्लेम टिबेट और अदर तवांग एज साउथ टिबेट और अरुणाचल एज साउथ टिबेट यू सीन बोध थिंग्स तो दे विल नेवर लिव इट एंड the dalai lama like i said gives political control over tibet okay so this is the lesser part of the story ye utna bada cheez nahi hai jitna aage main batane wala hu ab ye dekhiye kahani is it starts from this drishya kya hai beech mein pamir knot and the great mountain ridges which come out of pamir knot from the left it is hindu kush Altai, Tian Shan, which borders the Kazakhstan and China, Altan Tag, which cuts across the Gobi Desert and splits the Gobi Desert into uh, the Tarim Basin, and uh, I'm forgetting the other thing. I will come to it later. Then the Kunlun, which borders Tibet to the north, the Karakoram, and the Himalayas. Now, naturally, the first time you see it, it's ये नहीं होता तो हैव अ लुक एट दिस ओल्ड सिल्क रूट ये जो पुराना सिल्क रूट है वो शंघाई से शुरू होता था इट इट टू बी कॉल्ड द इंपीरियल हाईवे और ये चले जाता है थ्रू द तकलामकान डेजर्ट एंड एक्चुअली अगर आप देखोगे कि वहां दो लूप है एक ऊपर और नॉर्थ और उसके बीच में है ये अल्तिनता रेंज यानी कि एक लूप और अल्तिनता के बीच में जाता है और एक लूप तकलमकान के थ्रू जो जाता है वो है कॉनलून और अल्तिनता माउंटेन्स के बीच में राइट और आगे चला जाता है बुकारा वगैरह वगैरह और अगर आप देखोगे ग्रेट वॉल ऑफ चाइना वॉज प्रोटेक्टिंग दिस इंपीरियल रूट 
from Mongols and invaders from the north. Okay, this is the alignment of today's Eurasian Rail Corridor. There is no other alignment because geographically you can only go through this. That's the next point. We'll come to that. Okay, abhi dekhe. Put I superimpose those that all those ranges on this, and this is how it looks. Beach me dekhe, wo brown line, Altin Tag. Splits the loops at the top through Zinjiang. Or is my Majaki Bahai who Purana Silk may there is no route from Tibet to Zinjiang. Undunome. Thick. All caravans had to go through it. In fact, if you go back into time, Mongols came to India through the Silk Route from the north through Kashmir. And then up the Bolan Pass and the Khyber Pass through the Hindu Kush. They couldn't come through Tibet. Okay. Now, yeah, the same, you know, thing. I put it in a topographical form. Have a look. The Tian Shan is very clear. The Kunlun is very clear. The Karakoram and the Himalayas. And what is all in white, gray is the Tibet plateau, and the top where it is written as China is the Gobi Desert and the Taklamakan des uh, Desert, and the Tarim Basin, which is to the north. The Tarim Basin is important because there is coal there. If we put it on that, then it is like this. Why am I telling you this? It will come in two minutes. This is the Google map of this. Agar aap Google mein jaake dekhoge, aise nikalata hai. Agar iske upar aap yehi Pamir Nautka, if you put, this is what it is. Now there's one blue corridor I have put. Okay, blue. It's looking like some kind of an aircraft or UAV or whatever it is. Okay. Now this is the vulnerability of China. Because if this corridor always to the north of this corridor was the uh, Great Wall of China, and to the south of the corridor is the Tibetan Plateau. And the Tibetan Plateau slopes down into this corridor. So whoever occupies the Tibetan Plateau can always interfere with this line or with this corridor. That is why it's important. Now, when Colonel Young husband took his expedition, he threatened this corridor by throwing the Chinese out from Tibet. From then onwards, Tibet has become an existential challenge to China. Okay. Now, if Tibet is not under their control, they have a problem with this corridor, they have a problem with Xinjiang, they have a problem with everything. And Dalai Lama being in India is a long-term challenge to them. That is why you will see that China is hypersensitive about Tibet. Okay. Now let's come to today's borders. If you have a look, you see Tibet and Xinjiang. Then you focus on Aksai Chin. Okay. When you see Aksai Chin, you see uh, POK, and this border now 
you know you have borders with afghanistan tajikistan kyrgyzstan and kazakhstan xinjiang basically and on in xinjiang i've shown a few purple lines these are current communication networks across the gobi desert there is no natural you know communication between uh, you know, tibet and uh, what shall i say xinjiang that is why this dotted line which i have put in red red dotted line through accession gives communication between tibet and uh, xinjiang and that is critical if they have to control the whole thing right and then we have gone and constructed the darbuk shock dbo road it becomes hypersensitive so this understanding is important if you don't understand that aksai chin is critical to china's existence tibet is critical to the long term you know uh, territorial integrity of china we are in, we are going to always miss the story <coughs> now the same thing if you see the top line is the kunlu the center one is the altin tag the third one which the center most is the uh, sorry the top line is the tian shan the center one is the altin tag the uh, you know which is between which is going at a diagonal or the almost horizontal the third one from the top is the kunlun and you see next the karakoram and the himalayas and if you see the road goes through which connects tibet with xinjiang goes through the gap between kunlun and karakorams that's also the plain area of the depsang and all that this road is very critical to china right and so that is why you'll see whether it was in 62 or now the major focus of china was always on this area and i've also explained to you why they did what they did in arunachal or why tawang the rest are all you know peripheral today the entire arunachal is important for them because water security okay now i've connected what the terrain features from 62 to um, you know i've connected the terrain features from 1962 onwards with what is it today the terrain features have not changed the importance right in 2020 they focused mostly on eastern ladakh but it is not exactly only on eastern ladakh they also did something at uh, in sikkim at nakula but that i will handle tomorrow right now we will see a few other issues which we have to consider uh as far as the political aspects of 
1962 and 2020. The first thing, Clausewitz said, war is politics by other means. It is everyone knows it. But conversely, the converse is, politics is war by other means. We don't often remember this. Right. Second, Mao also said something different and significant, almost something similar. Kya usne bola? Politics is war without bloodshed, while war is politics with bloodshed. Usne ye bola. Ki rajniti kya hai ladai hai bina koon ke. Aur ladai jo hai, wo rajniti hai koon ke saath. तो ये चीज जो है ना बहुत इंपॉर्टेंट है ये माओ का थिंकिंग तब से अभी तक चला आ रहा है कोई भी लड़ाई चाइना के साथ हर वक्त हमें पॉलिटिकली परखना चाहिए जो हम कभी नहीं करते अगर पॉलिटिकली हम चाइना को नहीं परखेंगे तो हमें इसको इस चीज के बारे में समझना कभी भी होगा नहीं और ये बार बार मैं बताता रहता हूं हर बार जब मैं चाइना बात करता हूं मैं यही बताता हूं चाइना को परखने के लिए पहले उसका पॉलिटिक्स पकड़ो क्यों कैसे अभी बताता हूं सबसे पहले आप देखिए इनका जो कार्टोग्राफिक और हिस्टोरिकल क्लेम्स फैक्टर्स 62 में अक्साइचिन अक्साइचिन हाईवे एंड तवांग ठीक है 62 में ये थे अभी 2020 में आर्टिकल 370 और और ये डीएसबीओ मैं ये दैट बुक शॉक डीबीओ रोड जुड़ गए उसके साथ कारण वही है ओरिजिनल पर ये दोनों जुड़ गए क्यों कैसे जुड़ गए ये देखिए जब हमने आ, ये आर्टिकल 370 का किया ये जो पहले मैप है ऑन द लेफ्ट इज व्हाट इट वाज बिफोर दैट एंड इट द राइट मैप इज द वन व्हिच वी अल्टर्ड द स्टेटस को इन लद्दाख हमने सोचा कि पाकिस्तान में पाकिस्तान आर्मी और उनके पॉलिटिक्स न्यूटर हो गए न्यूटर दे गॉट न्यूटर बिकॉज़ ऑफ एब्रोगेशन ऑफ आर्टिकल 370 when you abrogated article 370 you threatened china because you altered the status in uh, ladakh you made put a threat on to that highway aur wo jo highway hai is the lifeline for connecting between tibet and xinjiang naito they have to deal with both their provinces separately Right? So, you have to understand this. I'll take you back to this. You look at this again now. If you take Aksai Chin, then you control the areas up to Kunlun, that is your claim line. Then there's a clear divide between Tibet and Xinjiang. Even today, there are no roads through Tibet down the Kunlun into Xinjiang. Once that happens, control over 
Tibet and Xinjiang for China is at stake. With so many international borders around. So the political importance of this, this piece of land is very high. Okay, I've explained this. Now, when you, when you abrogated the Article 370, you actually carried out a political strike on China. They recognized the political threat more than you recognized it. You didn't even understand what the political strike was. Of course, our Prime Minister sent uh, our Foreign Minister, Sri Jaishankar, to China personally to explain the whole thing. He did. But that was not enough. Right? Because the threat you have already posed. You have reaffirmed, reaffirmed your case and added to that, you have built a road which, with which you can, you, ha, you can back your threat into reality. And that spooks China. Okay. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll skip this, but let me go through the whole thing. What has abrogation of Article 370 done? It has renewed India's claim on Aksaichin and violated the status quo through an act of the parliament. That is the political strike which you've done. All previous Sino-Indian agreements were virtually get negated. It has also reiterated that China was an illegal occupation of the area. Right? Just as the nine-dashed line you know, did to the South, Asia, uh, South China Sea. You violate that, it is a sensitivity. DSBO, DSDBO road recently completed and that poses a threat to Aksai Chin. Now, alongside this, you are also raising a mountain core, which it, all this, it directly threatens the CPEC. After all, uh, the CPC is just to the north of Aksaichin. I have not put the road here. Have a look. There's a general alignment. Right? And the sensitive area of the Xinjiang, and the, because all the international borders are around this. Okay. Right. Now I'll come to a few constants of India-China relationships. Now, when you read through history, when you read various articles, and I've read two fantastic articles by two of our ex-foreign secretaries, uh, Mr. Shiv Shankar Menon and Mr. Vijay Gokhale. You see that China has never seen India as an independent power, but it has seen China, uh, India as always an appendage to great powers. China considers itself as a great power and feels India is a junior power. It also feels that India is unequal to it and untrustworthy because they feel that we say something and do something else. As much as we feel that they say something and do something else. Right? And this lack of trust starts from that 
this famous business of hindi chini bye bye and the fact that chawan lai when he came he gave a proposal that i will give up my claims on the east you give up your claims in the west and when he went back we violated the you know i wouldn't say the agreements the status quo at that point of time and they felt that was a stab in the back and thereafter they had to teach us a lesson something similar like that has happened now welcome to it they also feel that china has the dominant asian power without equal the united states and the ussr are china's primary ad- adversaries historically today they are in a different mode of a friendship but that is transitory now whether in 62 or now or henceforth you are trying to change this equation okay that's the similarity in 62 if china had not done that india would have been the dominant one of the dominant equivalent powers in asia which was not acceptable to china then and even today the same sentiment goes through right in this entire construct from then to now pakistan is a strategic ally to keep india in check in south asia why pakistan was the first one of the first countries to recognize china the prc and ever since then this equation this unholy alliance has started it didn't manifest itself fully in 1962 but it has manifested fully thereafter in many uh, strategic issues as also uh now right in 2020 there were indications that pakistan will come to china's aid okay india is seen as an adjunct power that must be neutralized through persuasion or coercion from time to time to keep it in check it violence has to be used or india has to be coerced to keep it in check that is the major issue which is a constant in this relationship and the way china looks at india and that has not changed from then to now okay there are other constants china feels that the global balance of power is between china soviet union and now russia and the usa and india is the wild card in this which has to be kept in check now the ccp narratives from then to now they talk of a righteous war to constantly remind chinese people this is important that they are putting psychological pressure on india that china is a greater power they are selling this to their people that look we are the greater power we will put pressure on india and sure it doesn't rise and they also say that the party is the resolute defender of the territory and chinese interests their interest is water and connectivity through the tibet corridor and that's the effect of the young husband expedition 
this threat has manifested in their mind right and it's so if tomorrow you go and occupy hypothetically you occupy tibet you pose a threat to the eurasian rail corridor as you did then okay there is also a feeling in china that the sincere attitude and generosity of china is seen as a weakness by some indian politicians this is what they sell ye churan bechte hain apne deshwasiyon ko right china the chinese scholars whenever you read them across wherever you get to read them believe that indian response to future military coercion will remain indefinitely low iska matlab kya hai ki india will never retaliate and cross into tibet that is what they have they felt in 1962 and they did what they did and that is what they feel now and that is why they did what they have done their analysis is india will not cross the lac if you put it in simple words okay then there are issues of geopolitical cost what are these historically in every conflict with india there have been very low geopolitical costs which china has to pay it can use it can coerce india but it is answerable to no one even now okay but if say taiwan has to be captured there is always a debate will usa come to its aid or not with korea and japan there is a alliance so china thinks 10 times before going across there because there are geopolitical costs of getting into a war are concerned they can face sanctions there are so many things which can happen but if china prosecutes a war against india it has never paid a cost everyone talks says oh they have done this 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 that but does nothing so there no cost historically they believe that usa will not get directly involved militarily in, in any india china dispute and that has been again proven whether in 62 or in 2020 right it's also proven that ussr will not take sides against china they will not side with you to against china they demonstrated in 62 and in 2020 in fact in 2020 their foreign minister lavrov came to say look why don't you become friends the eu chap said why don't you trade more so that china is not aggressive the cost china has to pay is very less in fact almost zero and they also feel that india in its own imagination will not be a junior ally to anyone since it has a tradition of pursuing an independent policy since you are not prepared to be aligned with anyone like pakistan is right so you are not prepared to be a junior to anyone like uh, an appendage and hence you can be sorted out they know that you will not you don't have any friends and you have to do everything on your own 
Okay. Then we have this great Pakistan obsession. We had this in 62 because we were then freshly out of 47 and formation of the nation. And we were always looking that side. By then, Kashmir was in problems. And now, of course, I don't have to explain to you. India has always focused on Pakistan from 1948 onwards. Whether it's Kashmir, Pakistan, whatever it is, our orientation is there. And proxy war in this century, rather from the 90s, late 90s onwards, right, has clouded our outlook completely towards Pakistan. If you take the time of the Khalistani movement and the Kashmir insurgency where it has gone, till the Article 370, our focus was that side. You wanted to keep China off your back, so you are not prepared. In 62, you were more worried about Pakistan. You felt you could handle China. And you felt China will not uh, you know, invade us. Then we have spawned a set of military leaders from then to now. Military and political, both leaders, military and political, who know very little about China. China ke baare mein bahut kam jante hain. Isme koi do rai nahi hai. My entire generation didn't know much about China. We have only Pakistan experts. These are facts. Our enemy number one has been neglected always. Or to door chodiye, bahut log kongo apna north states ke baare mein bhi nahi jante ki kaun se state kahan hai. Agar main kis aam ek Indian nagri ko puchho ki bhai north east mein kitne state hai, aap unka naam bata do. Right. Why does China go to war with India? This is another factor which has come out in my thinking, or rather what I saw. <clears throat> China's adventurism in the Indian Ocean region or in disputed areas are aimed at imposing reputational costs in India, on India. That means your reputation has to be, you have to be shown down because you're a competitor. You're the peer competitor in Asia. Every time, if you see this is stuck, even our writers write, they say Galwan action happened where 20 Indian soldiers died and four Chinese soldiers died. So the reputationally, you have lost it. So their adventurism is aimed at lowering your reputation. In both cases, in 1962 and in uh, 2020, US had no plans to militarily engage China through Taiwan. Or, in, in fact, in 62, Chiang Kai-shek was in no position to attack China. With with or without the help of, um, you know, USA. So that flank was secure. In 2020, if you see, the virus, the pandemic gave the opportunity. The pandemic incapacitated a lot of US capability because USA was hobbling on its own. One of its aircraft carriers were down. And that gave the opportunity for China. That was secure right 
and like i said eastern ladakh is most crucial to them from then to now then they have this punitive outlook there is a feeling in uh, china that 1962 war bought decades of peace for china with india to wo sochte hain ki jab tak wo india ke upar dabav dalenge इंडिया को मिलिट्री कोर्स करेंगे राइट वो इंडिया उनके साथ कोऑपरेट करेगा उन इंडिया के साथ बातचीत करने से वो कोऑपरेशन नहीं आएगा इसीलिए जो 2020 का एग्रेशन है ये उस रीजनिंग के तहत है कि इसके दो चार मारो और सब ये इंडिया फिट हो जाएगा वो दूसरी बात है इट बैकफायर्ड ऑन देम बैडली ओके then there is this india's political miscalculation in india there's always been a misplaced political belief that china was unlikely to invade or start a conflict without risking a wider war hum sab sochte hain ki nahi hoga us waqt bhi humne communist party ko nahi pada mao ko nahi pada aur chonla ko nahi parka aur is yug mein bhi हमने जी चिनपिंग को नहीं बोल देखा आप देखिए जी चिनपिंग जब से टिल फ्रॉम द टाइम जी चिनपिंग ऑपरचुनिटी फॉर वॉर okay we always felt that ussr or russia will help and it does not help then on this great thing hindi chini bye bye factor we trusted our enemy in fact in the run up from 49 to 62 or in between politically and geopolitically humne unke sath side kiya और हमने ये यहां तक बोला कि चाइना शुड बी गेट द परमानेंट सीट इन द यूएन एंड नॉट इंडिया 2010 टू 2020 वी रिपीटेड दिस वी केप्ट साइडिंग चाइना फॉर मेनी रीजंस राइट नाउ दिस ट्रैक रिकॉर्ड शुड हैव वांट अस बट वी डिड नॉट लाइक वी डिड नॉट हिट माउस ट्रैक रिकॉर्ड वी डिड नॉट हिट दिस थिंग सो a major lesson for now and future reading chinese leadership is very important there is a big question in our history is china a partner or a rival we never had the strategic clarity that china is our adversary now we are very clear that chinese behave china's behavior is now completely adversarial right okay then there's this issue the ccp gives out its military theory the you know the everything about whatever the uh, pla does right the guiding theory of the communist party is the party's systematic thinking about warfare and national defense issues it incorporates the thoughts of Karl Marx, Mao Zedong, Deng Xiaoping, Jiang Zemin, Hu Jintao, and Mao Zedong. I'll prove it a little later. 
they have a political thinking on war pla is a party organ not and not a national instrument chinese leaders give military direction to the pla and prepare it accordingly it is complete politico military fusion from then to now you see this this is the chinese military strategy it's a call about active defense right mao gave out very clearly what he wanted uh, pla to do so did deng xiaoping so did jiang to z they have given very clear ideas what is the strategic uh, principles i'll just go over it mao said people's war under mo- modern conditions he started with the people's war then he came to people's war under modern conditions where casualties were acceptable it didn't matter deng xiaoping gave the thing that local war under modern conditions they all talk of war jiang zemin wanted local war under modern informatized conditions they spelled it out and given it in black and white hu jintao he very clearly said local wars under informatized conditions and he improved the technology in china in pla basically then zia xi jinping today he is talking of informatized local wars he is talking of fully modernized force by 2035 have we had this ever in our history no you have a clear lack of politico military synergy no just think you did not do any strategic or tactical review and you undertook forward posturing without any backup in 1962 you occupied posts in kizilgalga and all in aksaichin went up to tagla without any backup and you felt that police could do the job no okay that is then what did you do from 2010 onwards you have been reducing the army strength and you have reduced it by over a 1 lakh people and you have bought in a agnipat scheme where is the you know strategic review or the tactical review about the whole affair that what is it that you need to defend your country we have not had we have never had a national security doctrine strategy document we never had it we always had a debate whether we should have one or not i whether it in 62 or in 2020 you have a problem of political civil services armed forces synergy missing that is why you were not fully prepared you always had questions you never had enough budgets to prepare yourself whereas the other fellow was preparing all through no propaganda and influence ops is something which has been completely missing in action if you see the three warfare strategy of Uh, china public opinion psychological warfare and information operations and legal lawfare they have been practicing it from then aaj ke naam jo three warfare strategies aaj ka naam hai it's not old i mean the ingredients are pretty old we have never even attempted anything like close to that we don't have any narrative what we have had is strategic core confidence of the political class that we will defend the nation right and complete absence of the military and national security architecture it is apparent even now we have this problem maybe things are changing 
in 2020, we had a problem. The thing is that political actors in India have never had a strategic outlook. Bureaucracy is even worse. The moment the first shot is fired, every bureaucrat becomes a wallpaper. Uh, you know, he gets onto the wallpaper. He is part of the wallpaper. He will never. He has never stood up for India in the public domain when the chips were down. Even the other day, in 2020, who went to Ladakh? The Prime Minister and the CDS. They went and faced the nation on TV and where have you. Okay, what's the dichotomy we have? The constitutional authority vested in the is vested in the political leadership by the mandate of the people to defend the nation. The constitutional authority is vested in the military leadership by the act of parliament to defend the nation. Both these actors are answerable to the uh, parliament and the nation. The bureaucracy is supposed to assist the constitutional authorities to carry out their duties. They are not answerable to the nation. No bureaucrat has ever answered the nation. However, they wield power in our setup since the politico-military divide in the nation has been manifest since independence. It has never changed. It is still there. Despite whatever has happened by appointment of CDS and things like that, and we are going to theater commands, all that. Even now, we've had this problem. For nine months, we didn't have a CDS. Right. So today I've covered the complete you know, political issues of 1962 and 2020. Tomorrow I'll do the military aspects. Right? Of course, I will have to refer back to this. So I'll go over the questions. First, let me take the sticker questions. Uh, Sindhu, Satlaj, and Brahmaputra originate in Tibet, not Ganga and Yamuna, they operate, originate in Uttar, Uttarakhand. Our only opinion is to rule Tibet one day for our three rivers. Okay, fine. That's your opinion. It's contentious, but we'll leave it at that. Eshan, Jain, sir, in case we have to make a major incursion in order to retake PFK, do you believe that the Chinese will try to counter that by staging an attack? on their own anywhere on the eastern front it depends on the circumstances under which all this uh, happens right uh, first and foremost i don't visualize us taking a major incursion to retake pok for the next 10 15 years because you've not made the political ground to do all that unless you make the political ground to do all that you cannot uh, you know do all, all, all undertake all these adventures right Next is an off-topic question. Will our new light tank that is in development give us an edge in mobility and firepower in the northeastern terrain? In some places, it will. Let's hope it comes out. Uh, uh, mostly in North Sikkim. Uh, in the other places, there are very few places where you can use uh, tanks at all. Okay. Uh, the next question is the fact, the fact that we severely thrashed the Chinese in Galwan. But the rest of the world is completely unaware of it shows one of our major weakness we have to work on ASAP or offensive media and propaganda capability. I highlighted it. 
our ability to carry out information ops, our ability to carry out propaganda, our ability to project our narrative is weak. It's a national deficiency. And it is, it is uh, all the more surprising due to the simple fact that we have one of the best networks through Doordarshan. We can reach anywhere in the country. Okay. Uh, so, unfortunately, our need to focus on Pakistan is justified as they fight extremely dirty and are backed by external forces who specialize in destabilizing a nation from within. I agree with you, Ishan. Till some part of the time, it was good to, uh, uh, that we had to uh, focus on Pakistan or Hamara Pasko Ichara Naita. But excessive focus is what I'm not. Abibi, Abko Ekudaran Detaho. मैंने इतने वीडियो बनाया चाइना के ऊपर सब बोलते हैं चाइना के वीडियो अच्छे हैं पर उसका व्यू कितने होते हैं हजार डेढ़ हजार अगर एक थर्ड रेट वीडियो भी मैं पाकिस्तान के ऊपर बनाऊंगा और उसको दोबारा दो दिन के बाद मैं चलाऊंगा वो उसके सब देखते हैं हमारा जो नेशनल थिंकिंग वो पाकिस्तान की ओर है हमारा जो मेन एनिमी जो चाइना है उसके ओर नहीं है राइट नाउ लेट मी टेक अदर क्वेश्चंस from you know who all have asked okay shritik says how to impose differential military costs on china for hostility at lac they are the bigger economy more organized and better equipped how do we manifest more kailash trains risk operations you've given the answer on ground gdp doesn't matter Differential military effect doesn't matter. The man on the ground matters. You did what you had to do in Yangtze. You have to do something similar. And you can undertake low-cost options. You have to project yourself in, across Tibet. Today, defend. defend defend It will be broken. The walls of the uh, fort will get broken. To defend a fort, you have to go outside and defend the fort. All army officers here will understand this. We don't project that offense outside. We don't see how we can defend our fort from the other side of the uh, LAC. We need to think of that. How do you do that? Whether it's by firepower, whether it's by surveillance, whether it's by subterfuge, whether it's by subversive activities, whether it's by uh, you know subversion, Whatever, you have to pose a threat to the other side. That's the thing. Yeah, I can't help it because this is what I can show over the net. Right. Uh, what are, whilst the narcissistic Chinese and Western media houses are on a self-boasting image. Uh, general, thank you. Thanks a lot for this, uh, Amar. Uh, yeah. Right, Pratik Bandodkar, if there's any conflict with China in the future in the East, can India occupy Aksa Chin or interject the highway uh, passing through it to put pressure? Look, this is desirable, but you need to be have the capability to do all this. Right? You have to think offensively to have the capability of doing this. And there are places in Aksa Chin and nearby, actually Demchok is their major vulnerability. And now, of course, like I said, the dam is coming up as a major vulnerability. So vulnerabilities will open up with development. Right? So you have to cash on it. Okay. Right? 
current wars of Russia and Ukraine have proven that lessons from the past isn't helping much. Do you think more than lessons, we need elements of surprises and future wars? We'll talk of it tomorrow. Uh, weaponry aside, superior inferiority, what is what is what matters is the men behind the weapon will to sacrifice and shed blood. Doesn't India risk losing a large territory if it starts a conflict? Yes. Uh, till now, till 2020, it felt that it did not have that. Uh, it, was, it was under no threat or under no risk. But I think after 2020 and the incidents thereafter, they come to realize that it's not easy. That is why you find that their posturing along the LSE has reduced. The physical posturing is there, but the geopolitical posturing has reduced. And now they are asking, seeking, uh, you know, dialogue with you. Let's freeze the LSE. We'll talk, right? Can China sacrifice, afford to sacrifice hundreds of thousands of soldiers in the Himalayas? Will come down to that only? I don't think so because the demography doesn't permit them, and that's something which we have to be cognizant of. And इसके बारे में हर वीडियो में बोलता रहता हूँ. The demography is one of the weak links of China as it is emerging, and we need to exploit that. How we have to do it militarily is something which we have to put our heads together and think. Like what Soviets did in Stalingrad, men who are good enough to fight and men who are enough to take a bullet for the country, does China have that question mark? Okay. And will their softies take a bullet? Again, question mark. Right. Uh, we'll get to further questions. Why didn't China open a second front during Kargil conflict? Did China doubt its own military prowess? In 1992, sorry, uh, in 1999, the trend line between India and China were that of accommodating each other. We were to join hands. That's the time when the BRICS was coming about. That's the time when the SCO was coming about. Uh, that was the time when they, we felt that China and India can join hands with Russia and form the RIC, Russia-India-China Triangle, and also take up global issues. That's why they didn't open the second front, and they themselves were not that strong at that point of time, that they could do all that. And you also have to remember, uh, this was the period between Tiananmen and uh, Beijing Olympics, when Tibet was on the boil, those days, a lot of things were happening in Tibet, right? And they, they couldn't risk a war against, uh, across the LAC because their tail would have been this thing. After the Beijing Olympics, they have actually, you know, capped all kinds of, of uh, protest in Tibet and with a heavy hand. And Tibet is something which they feel they can handle today. Why are we so defensive even played on matter with China? Well, that's a government policy. You have to have strength to deal with China. China respects strength. Right. One last comment, regardless by me, regardless of what any other nations claim, the Chinese are definitely intimidated by our current administration. I agree with you. There's no doubt about it. Ame Bugde says, what do you 
ask what do you think do you think in china india conflict rogue element from myanmar will play a major part on myanmar front just ha- 300 militants have uh, put manipur on boil no i don't agree with you that nothing of this kind will happen this 300 militants and all is hearsay we don't know there are issues on both sides for the story so we we'll leave manipur out of it and we'll not talk of it okay hello sir joining after some time hope you are well i hope you are well said long time since i've seen you yeah we have changed a lot past i agree with you uh Ash, my granddad and grandpa wing commander used to talk about problems of the bureaucracy sad to hear it hasn't improved much in the years after they retired yeah i agree with you and uh, that's sad for me also army should take over administration of the country no we shouldn't right we are a democracy we should be proud of being a democracy uh, despite what all i have said i still respect democracy i think uh, our politicians have done a very good job to make india the fifth largest economy in the world and we are heading to be the third largest economy in the world wherever the army has taken over look at pakistan look at bangladesh look at uh, myanmar see their status so let's have a larger you know when you analyze a particular event or something you analyze it in that framework but when you start looking outside beyond that framework you have to have a bigger thing right um, what are the issues having a military doctrine for india well that's something which i have i've just not understood why are we not having it we have not understood too much biased enmity with pak that we forgot our actual enemies all talk yeah and uh, that's I, i agree with you completely sen gupta one of the basic problems in our country is that even pakistan has a national security doctrine we don't have it we need to rethink this whole story regarding dalat bay goldi what should be the future plan feel that's a very strong strategic position to pinch both our naughty neighbors yeah it is that's why we put the uh, darpuk shock uh, dbo road right and uh, we are on track there right uh yeah request to cover the 1962 war shortcoming and yahi to kar raha hu main aur kya kar raha hu so as we have seen in the past few years border incidents happening with started with sikkim clashes in the north and east and galwan is it not like history being uh, repeated it is vikrant it is and tomorrow i'll talk about this you know we've never had actually if you look at it the sikkim boundary is a delineated boundary it's a delimited boundary between when sikkim was a independent country and uh, china actually there's no dispute there but it has started right it that's all part of the geopolitical outlook of china which i explained to you okay so all this if you see the clashes between you know uh, i i'll cover it tomorrow i why right jain sir what about building villages on his side of uh, the line yeah he is building he is fortifying the lac and he's also brought that sovereign law sovereignty law so that any hereafter it's not a border negotiation what all he is holding is sovereign to him and he'll treat you Uh, i mean he'll negotiate 
from the viewpoint that he is negotiating for his sovereign territory. So he's not prepared to give up anything. The moment he's declared sovereignty and has put uh, villages there to signify the LAC, right? He's declared sovereignty over the area. We, we're going to have a tough time going ahead. Yeah, thanks a lot uh, for this. Yeah. In 1962, they probed us on every front, and I think they're doing the same these days. No, I don't think so. Uh, look, 1962 was a little different. We'll talk about the military part tomorrow. How can we enhance our capabilities in propaganda and basically, you need to have a, you need to have, it should be part of our national security doctrine. Otherwise, you go nowhere. We are not focused but obsessed with useless state like Pakistan. It's <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, can't we see another war coming in the next few years? Not like they want to defeat us militarily, but to show us that there is one superpower in Asia. Look, they have a problem. If you see what's coming out of China, you see my analysis uh, yesterday, the power matrix, the global power matrix, things are changing. Right, so, so I don't see war coming, but chutputs will happen. Okay. Ah, why did Chinese retreat from Eastern theater as it's claimed Tawang as Tibet's integral part? I think they were not prepared for the success they gained. And I, I, I think they were worried that the once the pass is closed, they can't sustain. Because once, the, and you're talking of uh, communications there, I don't know whether they were prepared for a longer stay at this side when the passes were closed. I didn't don't know whether the Mao thought it was enough to teach India a lesson and go back. You have to realize that China was also in turmoil at that time. The great leap forward was going on, right? And he was killing people by the dozen. So, and there was a famine in China. People were dying. So a lot of it was for externalizing the whole thing, which he, if he had, uh, you know, got that, fine. So the rest... He left it. Right. Could you please expand on misbelief of China being unlikely to invade without risk of expansion? See, the problem with China today is that geopolitically it is weakened. Economically it is weakening. And their military is now largely untested and untried. Right. So, will they undertake any invasion? And how will they control the whole story? What if it expands? What if you go across? Can they control the whole story? The best way to control the whole story is to undertake small punitive measures along the LAC, get hold of a small post and show you down. It is the reputational cost of showing India down, which today is more important to them. And if they have to expand this and not control the whole story, and they get into a big slog with India, what happens on the Taiwan front? What happens in the Western Pacific, especially with cord in place? What happens if Taiwan tomorrow declares independence? And they don't have the capability to go back there. They have problems. And this is one of the reasons why they didn't escalate in Eastern Ladakh. 
and this is what i had argued then and today we are much stronger right uh political issues at watch 1962 and over the whole thing was about political issues only what else yeah now they chirgal could you explain war of nibbling and anti nibbling actions in the pretext of 1962 war i'll explain this tomorrow if you don't mind because tomorrow is a military part right uh pravin uh thanks a lot uh, great work sir one suggestion can you please create a session on the role of indian military in 1947 indian independent india's independence uh, yeah i will do that i'll do that one of these days see in 1947 to put give, give it in a short thing 1947 we probably didn't have a direct role but we have a, had a tremendous role in independence if you had to go back to the uh, air force mutiny in gurdaspur and then the uh, naval mutiny in bombay and then you have to go back on the psychological issue of the uh, 8, 1980 uh, 19, 1857 mutiny these three one day i'll cover this uh, and put it across to you because i've done a bit of research on this okay as china faces a uh, demographic problem won't it be wise for india to engage china somehow they might stand down since they don't have the manpower to they'll not stand down let's not be under any foolish thing there's no point in engaging with china when they want to right there's no question look the very fact that they have built villages on the lac and they have declared a sovereignty law and they want to solidify the whole thing and they're sinicizing tibet etc etc you should know what they are doing ah uh, what measures to be taken to bridge the political military gap to mitigate future embarrassments please go to gunner shot type politico military fusion and you will find three articles on it read it for all of you www.ganatrot.com there are also audios which i have done i have also done a video politico military fusion as part of lessons of ukraine war it's there in ganatrot ukraine war lessons on politico military fusion read all go through all this it's all there yeah uh, i'll not get into general torat's plan is uh all that because we are not discussing the 62 uh war right but his thing was basically to strengthen the lsc fundamentally if you are doing it now <clears throat> tamil hindu sir if there is a political will for us to salami slice some areas in northern arunachal or rakshaitin how prepared are we see we can carry out this political we can do this salami slicing there is no doubt about it i have no doubt about it at all but we have to do it intelligently we have to do it along with what they have to do and you you have to use law fair as a re- repost or retaliatory measure and all unless you want to start off something right we did this incidentally for those of you I mean, if I've given you a negative picture about what we have done, check about in Arunachal and in Sikkim and you know all in same Tawang sector, right? This is eighty-eight. We occupied areas on the LAC. In fact, we dominate the LAC in Arunachal today. That's why they keep coming to Yangtze and getting kicked back. 
they have problems right we did something something like kailash range we did then in a bigger scale okay so we have done it's not as if we have not done can you do more you can okay i'll i a lot of these questions are coming up which shivendu singh new question the new dam under construction near the great bend opposite darsal do you foresee any land grab operation look there you can't do any land grab in that area because kepangla is a steep fall even if you hold that you can't hold that difficult but the dam is vulnerable even if whether they hold the land or not it is vulnerable to your missiles and all that it's a sensitivity and it's a vulnerability which we should exploit can we retrieve accession if yes how either by war or diplomacy or by mutual let to wait a long time there's a long way out to go at this point of time we have to first restore the lac and then see what to do okay uh could you cover the burma front that's a long story uh, road past mandalay by john masters that's the book whether 2062 or 2020 chinese civilizationally recognize only one thing might or strength yeah that's there's no doubt i always said they respect strength and we should use it okay yeah i think we have finished all the questions generally yeah last one new one snehash sahu when should india discard one china we have already discarded it For the past ten years, we have not been using. Ever since they insisted on stapled visas, we've diluted the one-China policy. Very recently, the Chinese ambassador said, "Oh, India should uh, talk about one-China policy." And all we told them to get lost. India is one of the few countries which doesn't talk about the one-China policy, right? Uh, okay. How about the next incidents taking place in Barahoti in Uttarakhand, from where it all started? As we are not in. i don't think they will see let us see how things go right uh i i, I don't think uh, we are going there as it like i said we have to be prepared for small things but today i think we are in a situation where we can do appropriate co right and we should do it and we should take the thing across and if we do that and which like we did in earlier occasions we'll get through right yeah that's all for today so tomorrow evening we'll get back with the military aspects uh thanks a lot good evening and jai hind